Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this breaking news edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. We've got recruiting info to talk about with you guys today, but right now, myself and Shay Dixon will be talking about Jack Besh, LSU wide receiver, entering the transfer portal. Big news. We posted it on thebengaltiger.com over the weekend on Friday. We heard this news was a possibility. We hadn't heard it had changed. We were just kind of waiting to hear what happened after the exit interviews with Brian Kelly. And sure enough, Tuesday around lunch, a little after lunch, Jack Besh, the former St. Thomas Moore star, announced he is entering the transfer portal. And Shay, this is news that doesn't really come of a surprise, but um, still a fan favorite, a guy who had a terrific run in 2021 as a true freshman. Uh, he's on the move and looking for a new home now. It's not a total shock, but I also asked Matthew on the prior podcast, or someone asked us in the mailbag, and I said, look, I could see it, but again, I could see him staying because of his passion for LSU, being a Lafayette kid, wanting to always play at LSU, and when he announced he was going uh, to go ahead and enter the portal, Billy, he mentioned all of those things. He said, it's the toughest decision I've ever made. Um, I grew up an LSU fan. I always wanted to play for the Tigers. Uh, But essentially, he said that he's looking for a role elsewhere that um, kind of suits, uh, I guess, kind of where he's at at this point in his career as a junior. You'll remember what 2021, which was his first year, uh, he comes in after the uh, COVID season, plays a full year. What was he? Let's see. Number one on the team in catches with 43 number three on the team in receiving yards, but only about 20 yards behind Kayshawn and Jure. Kayshawn only played six games, caught a few touchdowns. Everything looked like it was he had inserted himself firmly into the future plans. They had also kind of messed around with him at tight end. This year, this year they didn't do that. They went with Mason Taylor. So he became a full-time receiver, no doubt. And really he slipped behind not just Malik and Kayshawn and Dre and Brian Thomas emerged and and became an even better player as a sophomore. Mason Taylor obviously got involved in the passing game, but Billy, Kyron Lacey, um, Chris Hilton, when he was healthy, there were guys getting reps out there uh, where Besh was on the back end of things and what wasn't a very deep receiver room. So production wise, you can't be surprised. He's He's talented enough to play in the SEC. I firmly believe that he showed it as a true freshman. Now as a junior, Two full years of experience. I think he can play about anywhere he wants. It's just that per normal, LSU's receiver room is very deep. And we'll have to see ultimately what it looks like a year from now. But I think Kayshawn Butte returning uh, makes it all that much more deep because he's the one guy that's going to be on the field more than anybody else, which ultimately cuts down on your rotation. So not a massive shocker. But again, a, a guy who wanted to be a Tiger, I'm surprised in a way he's leaving. But I also completely understand it. Yeah, I think with Jack, I mean, you look at a guy that came out of St. Thomas Moore who's super productive, um, didn't necessarily, and people are going to flame me probably, but didn't necessarily have the insane speed and change of direction that you wanted, but he was a ball winner. He won contested catches. We saw that throughout his career. Um, you know, at LSU, when he had opportunities to do that, especially as oh, a he, he and Walker Howard were unstoppable together that year they went to a state title. Exactly. And so he had a role and he had opportunities. I just think with to the progression of a Malik neighbors or Brian Thomas and some of those guys, like you said, he just kind of fell behind a little bit. 
he's going to find a place that probably will use him a little bit better, or maybe he has a better chance of getting on the field just in general, um, because there it's just more of a kind of a niche spot for him. You know, he wasn't big enough to play tight end and block on the end line um, because he wanted to play wide out and LSU thought he was a wide receiver too. So just kind of one of those tough marriages. There wasn't anything wrong with Jack Besh and Brian Kelly. He was at SEC media days over the summer. So I wish Jack all the best. He's one of the good guys out there that you cover in recruiting, um, you know, spent a lot of time uh, covering him and, and Walker Howard, you know, as they went through their processes. So um, best of luck to Jack. And, you know, that's just kind of the day and age of the portal right now, affording him an opportunity to go somewhere else without losing a year of eligibility. And no doubt. And look, it's uh, the you said it. The reality was he was one of the three guys that went to media days. He was one of the I don't know how many SWAT teams they had, eight, something like that, 10, but he was one of the SWAT team leaders. So the staff very much held him in high regard in terms of what he brought to the team. And look, he, we saw him on punt returns. We saw him on kickoffs. We saw him, you know, at different spots uh, beyond just playing receiver. And there were injuries and everything that probably slowed him a good bit, but it all comes back with, to me, if Kayshawn's back and you really don't lose anybody else, You've got a really talented room. It doesn't have 13, 14 guys in it, but everybody that's in it is kind of knocking on the door to play, if not already starting. So um, I could certainly understand why he wants to go elsewhere, where a lot of teams do not have that luxury, and he would very much be a, a number one or number two for him. Yeah, absolutely. So the day after you know, getting the news that Kayshawn Butte is returning, LSU does lose Jack Besh into the transfer portal. Um, so we will see. Uh, who else ultimately jumps into the portal for LSU? I know some discussion is still going on. Uh, we'll be monitoring all of that on thebengaltiger.com. Feel free to jump on board with a Bengal Tiger Founders Club hat, which you get for just $1, as well as your year-long subscription to the Bengal Tiger. Lots to talk about. Uh, Shay, a new offer in the transfer portal has gone out. They offered shorter college tight end Kyle Morlock. Uh early on um, as one of the guys that they can get on when that transfer portal window opened. Um, but now uh, LSU has moved on its first FBS offer uh, out of Western Michigan. I didn't know if that was the end of your thought. I thought you were about to just start reeling off stats and video you'd watch to the kid or what. Hey, look, I, I'll say, I'll say this. LSU fans were screaming, get us some defensive tackles following the Duran Reed decommitment even before then, um, because I think many anticipate Jaquel and Roy will end up going pro. They don't have a ton of depth there beyond Mason Smith uh, and Makai Wingo, and, and obviously Jacoby and Guillory's a veteran. But after that, you're completely unproven with guys and don't only have a couple left. Uh, and we'll have to see what happens after the portal. So as the season went on, it became very clear that Jaquel and, and Makai were having to carry the load there. You want more depth. This is a guy who's been in college five years. He's coming uh, into the portal as a grad student, taking advantage of that COVID pandemic year where nobody got doctor year of eligibility. Um, and I look at kind of his production was off the charts. I think he's got like 150 some career tackles. Basically, this is a kid that after his freshman year has just been starting every season. He's their best defensive lineman, certainly on the interior every year. And he's 6'5", 300, and is probably 23 years old. So they were in this spot a number of times this past class, Billy. You look at all the DBs, I'd have to think about some others, but there were a ton of grad transfers they took because those were guys who brought 
a wealth of experience. They had been in a college weight room for four or five years. Uh, the transition while going from Western Michigan to the SEC is obviously a jump, but the transition from where they're at in college to where they would want them to be if they were going to actually contribute is not a very big jump. They're sort of already there. So uh, not surprised that the first two offers went out to grad transfers, but there will be a wave of uh, you know offers to come because we think that they're going to end up in that eight, nine, 10 range of guys they ultimately take, you're going to offer more than that unless you hit on every single guy that you offered. Um, so in the next 45 days, marathon, not a sprint here. The early days are obviously just for feeling guys out, starting to talk to them. More than a thousand kids went into the portal on day one. Um, and obviously these are all the underclassmen. We're talking about two guys that got offered that are grad students, but LSU will hand out underclassmen offers. It'll be very interesting to see the positions they prioritize. We've talked about it a ton, Billy, that corner, you know, D-tackle, tight end. Uh, they've already addressed a couple of those with an offer at the least. Um, but um, then best available, look, safety. Matt, Matty B did a story on it. Um, he kind of broke things down and uh, even said, made the case that, hey, they might, if they see a great center out there, which there's buzz that there's um, kind of connects with the Cincinnati Center and others, uh, that maybe you make a move there and, and you get a little bit stronger despite having someone that played center uh, the entire year returning for you. So we'll see how Brian Kelly and them approach it. Um, we are in the very early stages, though, Billy. We're recording this on day two, and literally no LSU player from this year's roster had even entered yet until right before we got on when Jack Besh went in. So more, more guys will enter, more guys will get offered, more guys from other schools will enter. Long way to go. Yeah, and you know the funny thing about Western Michigan defensive lineman Braden Fisk uh, getting that first offer from LSU and Jamar Kane to play on his defensive line. Can we talk about the transfer portal rumors that have been going about this former five star out of AM and this guy out of Oklahoma or whatever? Well, lo and behold, they go up into the Midwest and offer a guy, um, you know, from from Western Michigan. I just kind of thought that was funny that that's the first offer we've seen. And I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll see some other, let's say, maybe bigger name guys pop up. But that's just a guess. That's just kind of, um, you know, a thought that I had. But uh, the first name that gets offered out of the FBS ranks is a Western Michigan defensive lineman. Pretty, pretty kind of funny. Yeah, and we'll hear more about other – I mean, or I should say we'll hear about offers that kids don't report. Um, because I wrote about this on the site yesterday. Um, a number of guys – like you can remember Greg Brooks and those guys – they tweeted out and put out that they were in the transfer portal. And the next tweet, whether it was a few weeks, a month later, whatever, was that they were committed to LSU. Well, LSU wasn't the only school that offered them. They just never put out any offers. And uh, you'll see a lot of that. Um, you even talked to uh, Dominic Lovett's mom, who's a big-time Missouri player uh, that's entering the portal, arguably the best receiver that's currently in the portal. And she gave you the impression that it's like, we field so many phone calls I am from college coaches that – you wouldn't even be able to keep track of, you know, 15, 18, who said we're interested, who said we're offered. It's uh, it's it's so unlike high school recruiting in that way, which is um, which is kind of interesting to me. Yep. There's a lot to cover on the transfer portal front, which is the perfect time to bring up before we move into the actual recruiting part of this podcast that Shay, we are going to bring you guys a new podcast every week kind of leading up and through all of this transfer portal craziness. Um, we had, you know, the preview podcast and kind of things like that going during the season. Now that the season's done, 
We're going to bring you guys a weekly transfer portal podcast. I believe it's going to be on Thursday uh, that we'll be dropping it. And um, we'll just kind of hash out all the things that we're kind of hearing. Maybe new offers. We'll look at those. We'll look at top targets. We'll look at visitors. We'll look at who the coaches are seeing. Even some college football news across the country. Yeah, Um, We're going to do it all on that podcast. So I'm excited to jump in the saddle uh, with you and and maybe Maddie B. We talked about it being kind of the three-headed uh, monster getting back together uh, on that podcast to talk a little bit more transfer each uh, each week for you guys. Yeah, so if you guys don't know our schedule, every Monday, uh, Matthew and I have the Monday mailbag uh, where we take subscriber questions and answer them about the football team. Every Tuesday, you're listening. Billy and I are here talking recruiting. And then every Friday and then right after games and, and then sometimes on Sundays if the game ended at midnight or whatever, we have the preview pod and then the reaction pod. As Billy noted, no more games. So we had four podcasts a week. We got cut down to two. We put our heads together and said, let's at least add one more transfer portals, an easy thing to throw in there. So Mondays you'll get the mailbag. Tuesdays you'll get the recruiting pod. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll decide on that. Uh, you'll get the transfer portal pod. Yeah, maybe we in the offseason we start getting guys on uh, the podcast now that the season's over. So hopefully do some longer interviews and things like that. Bring on some of our on three national guys as well. So housekeeping done. 13 and a half minutes into this edition of the recruiting podcast, Shay. It's now time to talk actual recruiting. And let's lead off with this because we're seeing news start to trickle out. It started Sunday night, LSU. Uh, assistants uh, Frank Wilson and, and Cortez Hankin went in home with four-star wideout commit Kai Prion. And then on Monday, you got Joe Sloan going in home with his quarterback commit, Ricky Collins. Um, and then Brian Kelly and Frank Wilson going in home with, with Caleb Jackson, their, their four-star, one of their four-star running back commits. Coaches are on the road, uh, and the scoop is about to hit the Bengal Tiger subscribers as they get after these targets. Those will be kind of ones we'll hold uh, for subscribers to the site. Again, a dollar for a year. Uh, but, Shay, they're they're really getting after it on these uh, in-home visits, and they're starting uh, in Louisiana for the most part. Yeah, well, and don't forget that uh, their five-star edge rusher, uh, it's not Louisiana, Deshaun Womack, will get a visit. They did not forget about him, unless you said that, and I just wasn't listening. I was leaving off the uh, the ones out of state that we were going to kind of maybe touch on as we get. Well, into then if you, discussion. I won't say all of them, including uncommitted guys. But there, I gave one away for free. There yep. you go. Don't worry, LSU fans. They are going to see your prized uh, BJ Ojolari heir apparent, Deshaun Womack. <laughs> I also heard Billy, and this makes sense that for this stretch right now, because last week was all about preparing for the SEC championship. Everybody else who wasn't in championship games was doing all their exit interviews with kids. So, and that means NFL draft portal underclassmen who are going nowhere where you just meet with them about, you know, your progress, what you want to see out of you in the off season, all that. They all had that last week. So LSU is doing that this week. It's Tuesday right now. So Monday, Tuesday, they're wrapping those up, but coaches are on the road and really all over nationally as well as Louisiana. But Brian Kelly, I've heard will stay around here to touch on a lot of the Louisiana commits because he wants to be able to spend a lot of time around the ops building where he's talking to kids about staying, going pro, hitting the portal, whatever it might be. Ultimately, he has those final conversations with them. So it's a balancing act right now between the portal, looking at guys, which Brian Kelly also obviously is going to be sitting back in ops, watching a lot of uh, film or whatever it might be, talking to people about portal targets and who they might want to add. But 
you're balancing all these coaches being on the road, signing day in two weeks, um, the transfer portal being open, your guys in your position may be entering, maybe not guys at your position going into the portal that you might need to, you know, get after. It is a unprecedented couple of weeks now that we officially have a portal window of 45 days. Yeah, absolutely. And lucky for the LSU staff, they play on January 2nd. So they can kind of go balls to the walls, so to speak, on this uh, recruiting, whether it be transfers um, or high school, to, to kind of prioritize those guys and m- make them feel, you know, hey, comfortable about signing here early or go check on guys who are maybe you want to keep a close eye on. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll go see Dalen Austin at some point, who, by the way, shout out Dalen, tag me. Well, didn't tag me, but uh, put an Instagram uh, out about married to the game and I was interviewing him. So that was a nice surprise that Shay found this morning on, on Instagram. You're the game. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a, this is a busy, busy time. And also, I mean, as these guys enter the portal, you know, Kelly's got to be there to boom, you know, watch film. It'll go right to the position coaches and then they'll make a move on, uh, guys that they want to. So you got to have some flexibility in this early week. And then next week's going to be, absolutely insane before the early signing period begins on December 21st runs through December 23rd. We'll have you guys covered lots to come on coaches on the road. Um, But those are a few guys that LSU went and saw or are about to see um, this week. We'll have more on that uh, later on as they get real active. Couple official visitors that we're going to highlight for you guys uh, as well. This is going to be one of those weekends uh, Are we not giving away the whole list, Billy? Or I was about to just start railing them off right now, and then you just said a couple. We, more we, are not, we are not giving away the whole list. We are giving away the commits, Shay D, where that is, the, that is the, the plan right now. All right. Well, if they read the site, then they could see one of the other or both of the other ones. They're written they, in the story. Exactly. That's why they got to go to the story. We got to tease a little bit. We give away oh. the official visitors pretty much every week on this podcast. Try time to play a little, a little hardball. Um, the one to watch is what we'll hold back, but the one uncommitted prospect. Okay, that's fair because that that prospect actually shared publicly that he is visiting this weekend. Exactly. So let's run okay. it down, Jay. Who do you want to lead off with on um, the official visit weekend? Okay, so we'll start at the top. Um, and look, this I'll reset the stage for you guys. They did a really good job of kind of making this work this way. They have 23 commits. Every out-of-state commit minus uh, Christian Braithwaite out of Texas, who was the most recent out-of-state commitment, uh, he'll be on campus next weekend. So they only have two more weekends you can have official visitors. He'll come next weekend. So basically every out-of-state commit is accounted for. So here at the end, you're only having to get the in-state guys in. So um, heavy on in-state, both this weekend and next weekend. And next weekend is when the rest of the guys will come in. But I think starting at the top, it's a good idea to bring your two offensive tackles, five-star offensive tackle Zaylance Hurd, four-star offensive tackle Tyree Adams, both ranked inside the top 10 at offensive tackle by on three. Uh, A Neville guy, a St. Aug guy, a couple of big time programs in Louisiana. You have them around each other. They probably started to have already built on that camaraderie, but they'll be in the O-line room together as tackles uh, for the foreseeable future once they both get to campus. And um, yeah, um, good to see them both get there. And notable, Zaylon's hurt. He's a five-star. Trust me, a lot of colleges were trying to flip him along the way. A lot of colleges were saying, hey, come visit here in the last weekend. 
Tyree Adams was publicly going to visit a number of colleges, Florida, Ole Miss, LSU. He just said he wanted to have fun and enjoy it. He winds up shutting it down. LSU is the visit this weekend, and then nothing from there is what he told you. So I think that's a good start. You want you, you want offensive tackles. Those are your two in this class. You've got them on a visit just a couple weeks before signing day, and uh, very much appears that they are not interested in looking elsewhere. Yeah, and I'll note that uh, obviously state championships are this weekend in Louisiana too. Uh, Peter Rauterkus will be on hand in the Dome for us. I'll be up uh, watching um, Ryan Yates try to punch his ticket to the state championship in Texas this weekend. Um, and then as well, uh, Colin Simmons and Kadavian Dotson Walker, two big-time 2024 prospects that are on LSU's radar will be playing as well that I'll be catching up with. Look, they also... And I was going with that to say, I really wish Delance Heard and Neville would have made it so we could have seen the Collage Cobbins uh, and Destrahan matchup there. But hey, can't always get what you want. Uh, Rustin, uh, very, very good team uh, going up against uh, Destrahan this weekend. Uh, we kind of move down the list now. We go on the defensive side of the ball for a couple here. Ashton Stamps out of uh, Rummel High School. He also commit. Uh, said that he is shut down and he is going to sign early. Not too much of a surprise there, but he's now set to take his official visit uh, this weekend as well as uh, Santa Mall, uh, edge prospect. Uh, Dylan Carpenter is going to be on campus as well. Uh, LSU had just flipped him from the Raging Cajuns. Um, and so those are the two defensive guys that will be coming in this weekend. And then finally, they just saw him, went in home with him on Monday night. Caleb Jackson, the four-star running back out of Baton Rouge, uh, is going to be on campus. So those are the commitments that are coming in town. And now it's time to unveil, uh, or I guess talk about, the one public uh, target that they're going to host. There's another one in that story on the site that you can go check out some more details on. Um, but let's talk about uh, Miamisburg, Ohio. Tight end Jackson McGohan, uh, a now former Cincinnati commit is set to visit LSU this weekend. Things are looking really good here for the Tigers. Yeah, and we will see if Wisconsin and Fickle don't try to make a move to get him aboard here late in the game. He talked about them, how much affinity he has for that staff. He was committed to them um, and kind of even said, hey, look, I could maybe end up at Wisconsin. At the same time, Bill, you did an article where Jackson McGohan told you kind of the story of, Hey, Mike Denbrock, LSU's offensive coordinator, was at Cincinnati as the OC. Whenever I was being recruited by them initially, he offered me. He coaches the tight ends. He coaches the tight ends at LSU as well. Um, and they had a good relationship. Well, then, can't excuse me, then he obviously, Denbrock goes to um, LSU, now back at Cincinnati. Right around that same time, McGohan commits to the Bearcats. He stayed committed all the way through the coaching change. And the day they hired Satterfield, right was the day that McGowan decommitted um regardless it doesn't appear that he's going back to Cincinnati we put in our RPM picks on LSU just because he received an offer a week ago a few days later he decommits and then a few days later after that he's on LSU's campus you can't line it up that better then toss in the fact that your offensive coordinator and tight ends coach was actually the coach that recruited him to the school he just de decommitted from Stars align in my mind there. If he's got a good visit this weekend uh, and I, you know, his family comes and everybody feels good about it, uh, I would think that that is one that ends up going LSU's way because 
One position they can sell right now is tight end. They need them, and he appears to be a pretty good prospect you could potentially add here late in the game when you don't have a ton of options still out there. Yeah, absolutely, and you got the update of measurable 6'4", 232. He's got some really, really impressive uh, catches on his highlight tape. Was very productive. I think he was just shy of 1,000 yards as a, as a senior here. And if a lot of you probably don't watch much Cincinnati football, but one position that Cincinnati has been loaded at year in, year out, year out is tight end. So I really trust the evaluations there on that front too. And uh, like you said, Mike Dembrock was was there and was honestly the coach that he committed to. Um, and he just kind of stayed with that and, and stayed true to where he was going to go um, despite Mike Denbrock heading off to LSU. So I like him. Uh, he's an 89 on on three. Who knows as we dive in, you know, where he could end up. But um, we think highly of him. I mean, we think of him basically as somebody that, you know, has a you know, chance to end up being a pro. Yeah, multi-year um, which, yeah, multi-year yep, a multi-year starter. Yeah, multi-year starter and a potential. So, um, he's got that size that you really like and, and the production to boot in high school. He's also really good friends with 2024 LSU tight end commit Tavion Galloway, who's already been in his ear as well um, about joining him in Baton Rouge down the line, or I guess Tavion would join uh, Jackson in Baton Rouge eventually uh, being he's in a, the class of 2024. So with that uh, group of official visitors coming in big visit weekend on deck next weekend, Shay, we've talked a lot about um, some of the guys that they'll bring in, but Desmond Ricks five-star defensive back is one of those guys that's, you know, set his visit schedule. He's fresh off a of Florida visit. He is headed to Alabama this weekend and then he'll end with LSU. So a big visitor next weekend is Desmond Ricks. Um, they'll also have four-star safety Isaac Smith, um, who's made his intentions known, at least as I'm now on campus. He's set to visit Mississippi State, I believe, this weekend. Um, those are two key targets down the stretch. Um, and Desmond Ricks uh, caught up with uh, Corey Bender about, well, his mom uh, caught up with Corey Bender about uh, his official visit to Florida. Look, I think that's one that you know we've talked about on the site. LSU sits in a good spot, but I think we could see ebbs and flows here. But you've got to trust that you know LSU has that last visit for a reason. Um, they're trying to finish that one off and and land him on December twenty second when he announces. A cornerback, especially a freshman cornerback, not necessarily another grad transfer who only gives you a year. Someone like Desmond Ricks is a massive priority here down the stretch because you have to rebuild the cornerback room maybe more than any other room on the team. You want to get back to recruiting guys like Desmond Ricks who are not only early impact, they stay three years, you really uh, potentially four, obviously, but uh, you really get a lot of football out of them and you're not having to worry year over year to who's going to start, how do we go find a starter, whatever it might be. So I think that's one of the biggest recruitments to watch. And we've said it, and everyone seems to agree that we talked to. Entering this stretch, LSU leads. LSU's the team to beat, however you want to say it. But Florida just knocked down their first visit. As you noted, Bama's this next visit. Then LSU. Then he signs midweek after LSU. So we are um, kind of like in the very middle, right? Almost to the midway point of what we consider to be the most important stretch of visits for uh, Desmond Ricks. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, happened Friday night as I was out um, at, watching South Oak Cliff and, and Melissa battle it out. Uh, 2024 four-star defensive end, Nigel Smith, who's an LSU target, was out there running around, looked the part. Uh, but JV and Toviano announced his commitment date, December 15th. Final and that's a week five. before signing day. So he's doing he's taking a center stage here by a solo by and, himself. And, 
I think one, one thing that was noted to me by somebody close to recruitment was that he wants to have his high school classmates around. So I guess they're still in school. So I think that was kind of the goal. Um, but I haven't gotten the plans from the announcement yet. Going to be there uh, no matter what um, for JV and Toviano to make that announcement. The final five are Georgia, which is a big surprise uh, in that final five. The Bulldogs had kind of almost gone their separate ways from what JV had told us over the summer. Um, and they hadn't really popped up as of late. Michigan, uh, LSU, Texas, and Texas A&M. So drop some notes and thoughts on that uh, Saturday morning on the BengalTiger.com as far as where things stand. But look, I mean, unless he quietly officially visits somewhere, you know, do you, this is just kind of what we talked about. It just seems like it's it's got to be LSU, right? Um, he visited no other college campus this year, season, I should say. Yeah except LSU. He brought more and more family with him every trip. He visited three times, ultimately, if you include the the Bayou Splash, you know, in late July, August. He went to a neutral site game for Texas. He went to a neutral site game for A&M. Never reportedly went to either of those campuses. Never took the Michigan or Michigan or Ohio State trips. You know, there were some that he was talking about taking. Never took those. Just buckled in on football. Would continue to pop in at LSU no-showed at Texas on their biggest recruiting weekend of the year. Everyone we've talked to, Billy, and this this comes directly, I'll paraphrase what his LSU source, who very much his knowledge of this recruitment said, is it's almost like we all look around and say, if he's not coming here, then this is the wildest recruitment ever because everything has pointed to LSU except for the fact that Javian has never said which teams are actually like the teams to beat the team out front. They have a lead, nothing. He just says nice things about everyone and continues about his business, which I'm not hating on. I love it. I think it's better than, you know, being all over social media and, you know, always pretending one team's out front, but I tricked everybody. He hasn't said anything and that's leaving all of us, even coaching staffs. Like we know Texas, we know like other staffs are like, man, I've talked to people who up in sources in the building and they don't know kind of anything about it. They don't know what he's going to do. So it, this will be interesting. I, if he picks LSU, nobody's surprised at all. If he doesn't, it's like one of the biggest shocks of this cycle. Completely agree. Well said. Lastly, uh, Jordan Hall, defensive tackle, uh, top 50 prospect LSU had on an official visit earlier this year, also said his commitment date for December 22nd. Um, he is going to decide LSU uh, is in the mix there. Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Um, I would say right now, I mean, just kind of reading the tea leaves, I think LSU did a really good job with their official visit. I think he, they gave him a lot to think about. It's just hard not to see him ending up at Georgia at this point with the Bulldogs getting the last official visit. Jamar Kane's still going to work this one until the end, um, but – um, it's just one that the tea leaves don't point to LSU at this point with what we're hearing. But again, he has a whole week or so, a uh, week and a half roughly, after that Georgia official visit where the dust is going to settle and eventually he'll decide. And we'll see. Maybe it's a shocker uh, you know, across the board. Maybe he could go elsewhere from Georgia. But right now Georgia has the clear buzz here as he's already set his commitment date as well. Completely agree. They need defensive tackles. We're seeing them offering them in the portal. This was a big one late in the game that Jamar Kane kind of stuck with and got him to visit, as you noted. 
Um, the rest of his DT tar targets really all visited in the summer uh, and ultimately committed to other schools or committed to LSU in Deron Reed's case. Uh, then he flipped to Auburn. So they're sort of seeing who will bite here late. And look, you swing for the fences. If you're putting odds in those four teams, you're getting very nice plus odds on LSU right now. Like you, it's probably not going to happen, but if it does, it'd be considered a nice surprise. Um, we'll see ultimately how it plays out, but I think you summed it up well. I, th I think it's probably Georgia or Bama. Yeah, I, I would be surprised at this stage if it was not the dogs, but LSU is going to keep swinging away. There are in-home visits to go as well on that front, so we'll see how LSU uh, you know, goes about that and also uh, if they get Brian Kelly involved, if they feel good enough to, to try and make that big final pitch. So with that, guys, um, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. A lot more to come on the site. We've got to get back to writing. There's a lot of things to come. I know uh, we've got tidbits to come on Coaches on the Road. Uh, Shea has some more tidbits to drop uh, after Kayshawn Butte kind of blew up our night last night. Um, so a lot more to come on the BengalTiger.com. Be sure to check us out with that dollar for a year subscription. Shay, you got anything else? No, I'm good to go. See, right. Remember, Thursday, Friday, check back one of the days later in the week. Refresh the, the YouTube, the Spotify, the Apple, whatever you're doing. Uh, in the first edition of the Transfer Portal pod will be out. Yep. We rock no reason why to subscribe to the Bengal Tiger YouTube. Just one click uh, at the top of uh, this little box or whatever right below our YouTube uh, YouTube title of the, the podcast. So hit that subscribe button for us and, and get the notifications when a new pod goes on the air. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. We'll catch you next time.